0: We don't have Wegmans, but when I went to college upstate, I used to go to Wegmans all the time.
1: Well, Wegman's crafted this nice four-pack of apples, apples, grapes, and cheese. It's like Double apples. Yeah, it's, they it's like find a little. any other fruits? I guess not. No, but one was a green apple, one was a red apple. So
0: oh, so totally different.
1: Yeah, exactly. They do. They taste different.
0: No, I get it. I get it. Uh, let's see. What episode is this? I don't uh, know. I wanna it's just say too it's- sad about baseball.
1: I want to say it's 58 because I feel like last time it was the Chad Green episode.
0: It was. You're right. Last week was the Chad Green episode. This is episode 58 of the Bleacher Creatures podcast presented by Elite Sports New York, Crossing Broad and Warwick Gaming. As always, brought to you by Rivercrest NYC, the best bar ever, basically in any place ever in Astoria, Queens. Um, I'm sad about baseball this week.
1: I, you know what I told? What did I tell you weeks ago? Every week we'd come out, there'd be a new proposal, and it just everything is probably not gonna work, and here we are. We're we're getting to this point where the likelihood of my days without Yankees baseball thread will get to over three hundred and sixty-five, and that is terrifyingly sad.
0: Oof. Yeah, I don't I don't even know how you're going to come up with enough tweets for that, honestly. And then if we go into a strike next year, we're going to be looking at, like, 500 days of no baseball.
1: But that would be a pretty epic thread, though, right?
0: I mean, yeah, but also, like, what are you even going to tweet?
1: It would be a sad thread, but an epic one. I don't know. I mean, I really don't know what I would say beyond that, but... What's going on in the state of baseball is very sad and very upsetting, and the likelihood of a season even happening is just dwindling away, and it's really, really tough to handle right now.
0: Yeah, I mean, I just, I don't know, I feel like I'm at the point where I'm just sad and I'm tired, and um, I'm just, I can't even process all this new information we're getting, and I can't deal with the people who are saying the players are being greedy anymore. I'm writing a new bad Twitter takes article. It's my first one since last year. I'm very excited about it. Except going through all the bad Twitter takes has reminded me about how depressing baseball is right now.
1: It is. And everyone's kind of at each other's throats because they're so upset that they don't have something to look forward to every night. And I get it. I miss baseball so much. I literally am working from home. I go out and about occasionally, but after work is over, I'm like, okay, usually I have a couple hours to work out and then I take a shower, get settled in bed, turn on Yankees baseball. What am I supposed to turn on? I'm still working on know. criminal minds, but I'm like... out
0: of shows. I'm out of shows.
1: Right, right.
0: I'm rewatching got... Brockmeyer. Have you ever seen that?
1: I have not, and that's actually on my list. So
0: it's a good one. It's I love the premise of the show. It's like the the whole show itself is extremely like raunchy and, and gross. But the whole premise is you can say literally whatever you want as a baseball announcer, as long as you follow it with the count.
1: Oh, there you go. Perfect. You know, I used to be a baseball announcer back in the day. Uh, we had like a a press box booth at one of our little league fields, and I would offer to call some of the games. And I was pretty hilarious. How like, did I, I would get-
0: not know this yet. <laughs>
1: Well, you know, it's funny. This came up this weekend because I went home and I was with, um, I was with my family and my sister, and I were going for a walk on the canal, and we just walked, walked past the field, and I was like, "Wait a minute, do you remember when I used to call games there? I would get to know like the entire lineup, their positions, and everything, and I would make fun of the short kids. Like it was a lot of fun."
0: <laughs> that reminds me of a viral video of. Um... I guess probably one of the assistant coaches is in the booth announcing the games. And all he does is roast his own players. This kid's got a $400 bat, but a five-cent swing. Here comes another grounder to the pitcher.
1: (laughs) That is so good. That is so awesome.
0: So mean, but also hilarious.
1: (laughs) So obviously, we don't have baseball to look forward to. But this week, I believe either tomorrow or Friday, is when the Roy Halladay documentary Imperfect comes out.
0: I am so excited for that.
1: I'm excited. I'm thrilled. I'm intrigued. I'm scared. You know, it just, I'm so interested to, to hear kind of the whole story and behind everything, because obviously things were very, very difficult for him. And it was a tragedy to lose him. And I just, I'm very interested. So I'm super excited for that.
0: I'll give ESPN this, what they lack in remote interviews which is what we have. Obviously, we're fantastic at them and ESPN sucks. They make the best sports documentaries, one of which is the four days in October, which I hate, hate that that's such a good documentary because we were on the opposite end of it. But like, objectively speaking, it's one of the best things I've ever watched.
1: I haven't seen that one. I don't know if I have the heart to watch it, but I probably should, because if I really want to be a unbiased baseball person I have to watch
0: it yeah no it's it's a tough watch for a Yankees fan especially that was like the four days in October it was one of my earliest memories of like actual baseball like that was when I can really remember like sitting in front of the TV and watching all of these games and being like I don't understand how this is happening right now the news said that 3-0 was automatic win that nobody ever comes back from 3-0 and then I'm upsetting myself now
1: i know i get it i get it but just remember 2003 was pretty epic too
0: yeah 2003 pretty great um not so many great playoff years after that besides 2009
1: yes i know
0: i recall i recall
1: but yeah um this whole I don't know, this whole pay cut proposal is really, really getting to me. And I don't want to talk about it too much, but I do in a way because I don't think people realize like the extent as to what exactly is going on and how it's going to affect all these players. Like, I was just looking at some stats from, um, I'm trying to pull up my account here on Twitter. Uh, pull, pull up some stats from Brandon Cuddy, who I still call Brandon Cutie because it's just, that's how it looks. So there you go. Brandon Cutie. Um, And basically he was kind of laying out, especially the Yankees roster and what they were going to be making in a shortened season. But it also sounds like they would be paid by game. So what is that? And this is also a question for you. What does that mean for the starting pitchers? Like, is it just games that they are starting in or is it just being on the roster for those games?
0: Uh, I'm pretty sure it's just games played Uh, not games played. I mean like roster games played, like everybody on the roster gets credit for being part of the team for that game.
1: Right. So Garrett Cole signed this massive contract this off season. We're all aware of it. It was one of the most exciting things. Best early Christmas present ever. Things were
0: so much simpler back then.
1: (laughs) Isn't that so weird? It feels like years ago, like years.
0: Garrett Um, Cole might as well have been on the 2009 team at this point.
1: Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised. So, he was going to make he was supposed to make 36 million this year and with the proposed cuts he would be making 8 million.
0: Yeah, that's that's a hike. That's a uh-huh. hike. Mhm.
1: Yeah. Very interesting. And then of course next would be Stanton who is supposed to make 26 million making just 6 million. Tanaka 23 million to 5.5 million. Hap from 17 million to 4.5 and imagine if Hap ended up having the greatest Season in the history of seasons and we just like paid him nothing for it and then let him go
0: Hap is someone I don't I don't know how his vesting option is gonna work I don't like the specifics of that are so confusing like are we gonna have Jay Hap next year if this season just doesn't happen at all I just because that's kind of important to know
1: it was a was it a two-year with a third-year vesting option
0: Yeah. And and do they adjust the targets for the vesting option or I just I don't know.
1: There's so many little logistics that I think a lot of people are just like, yes, let's get baseball back. But there's so many little tiny, tiny details that really no one's thinking about. And there you go. James Kelly is thinking about them.
0: Yeah. And also the fact that both sides could not possibly be further apart.
1: Right. Exactly. Um, Aroldis Chapman 16 million this year, uh, would go to 4.25. Britain, I'm not gonna tell him that.
0: I'm not gonna (laughs) tell Aroldis Chapman that he's making a quarter of what he's supposed to make. That's not nope, not gonna do it.
1: Not Mr. True Trunk, no way. Um, Britain 13 million to 3.5 million, Paxton 12.5 million to 3.5 million, which sucks because I would love to see a full another full season of Paxton before he hits the free agency market. I obviously would love the Yankees to re sign him, but. Who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? And then LeMayhew, 12 million to 3.4 million. Freaking give him an extension already. God damn it. I can't do this anymore. (laughs)
0: It's just all these guys who are about to hit free agency, too. Masahiro Tanaka, James Paxton, DJ LeMayhew. Like, not only are they going to get paid almost, well, Tanaka's going to get paid because he already had a contract, but Paxton, like, This guy is coming off arbitration, so he really hasn't had that big payday yet, and now he's going to go into a terrible free agent market. DJ LeMahieu, we got for a steal. The two-year deal, what was it, two years, $24 That was an absolute steal for what you could say was a team MVP performance last year. Oh, for (laughs) sure. And where where are these guys going to get that money now?
1: Right, exactly. Um, I think the most interesting one, and I just love this, Gary Sanchez... (laughs) would only be making one point six four million.
0: Uh, and people on Twitter are still gonna say he's overpaid, fat lazy slob.
1: <laughs> Here's the cat. She's a little early, but she's here. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's incredible to look at the numbers and it really puts into perspective what this plan is going to be move, What this plan is going to be doing. So I just thought that was very interesting. I know we're not a numbers podcast. We're not a math podcast, but
0: definitely not a math podcast.
1: Honestly, it's pretty shocking looking at the numbers. At least not
0: with Max or Emily.
1: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Sorry, guys. We'll invite you next time for numbers. Um, But really, really interesting. And especially like you mentioned, the people that are going into free agency. It's this is just going to be it's going to be a shit show. I don't know how to describe it.
0: Absolutely. I. I don't want to get too bogged down in this because I feel like we've already made our positions very clear on where we stand in these labor arguments. I want to say a couple things. Yes. One, if the players don't get what they're due, I don't care if baseball is canceled. I don't care because it's supposed the players' union exists to protect players. And one of its duties is to stop the owners from setting precedents. Like, should this ever happen again? You can look back to 2020, 50 years from now, and say, look, you only get paid this much. And then we agreed to prorate your contracts, but then we took another 25% off of that. So we're going to do that again now. And now there's nothing you can do to stop it because there's already a legal precedent for it. I don't like that. Two, I work in baseball. You work in baseball. We want baseball back so badly because it's our job. We get paid to talk about baseball, to write about baseball, to make baseball content. We get paid for that. So when I say that I would rather not have any baseball, meaning I won't get paid as much, then let the players get taken advantage of, Understand that that means I understand the bigger picture here, and if you right? think the players are being greedy, you're not understanding the bigger picture, mm-hmm. and you're I, also siding with billionaires, so that makes no sense.
1: I did enjoy. My dad was questioning um, Blake Snell. He's like, "Did you hear that guy, the raised pitcher, who came out and you know basically said he wouldn't be paying for or playing for less than he has earned?" And I'm like, I, "Do you blame him?" Like, I don't know if it's maybe just like a different generation and what they're used to just like let the kids play, do what you got to do, get the sport back. But at the same time, like I understand and hearing it from an actual player, having the guts to kind of come out and say something about it really like put everything into perspective for me.
0: Absolutely. And you have to take it in the context that it came in. Blake Snell was just shooting from the hip. He Mm -hmm. saw something while he was streaming on Twitch and said, no, that's bullshit. I don't like that. I want to get what I'm due. He may or may not have said it poorly. I think he said it poorly. But the point is that they came to an agreement in March and they want that agreement honored. And Mm -hmm. then the owner said, I don't know who on the owner side thought that fans would be allowed in the stadiums because that seemed to be like the the legal gray clause that they used is that if fans can't return to the stadiums, we'll have to revisit negotiations, but who in their right mind thought that fans were going to be allowed in stadiums when this, all this started, it's just, it wasn't realistic at all. So when you add that phrase in, you're basically saying, yeah, we're going to reopen these negotiations. uh, When we have time to figure out a way to get our money back.
1: You know, I've recently heard, and this is especially not baseball, but I've heard even at, like, football, they're talking about doing the entire season without fans, and people are like, this is absurd, this is crazy, you know what, whatever, I don't, I don't really care, I would love to be there, like, on days like today or yesterday when it's 90 degrees, gorgeous, not a cloud in the sky, I want to be in those bleachers, I want to be drinking a $10 beer, or $10 cider, because that's what I do, but, I want to be out there. I want to be watching the game. I want to be witnessing it in person. But if it can't happen, it can't happen. I just... I don't know, man.
0: And I feel like a lot of people don't really understand. They'll look back and they say, oh, we need baseball right now. We had baseball after 9-11 and it was great for healing. We had baseball after World War II and it was great for healing. Well, those things were over. We're still in the middle of this pandemic that is killing people. So... We can't just start baseball because you're bored or because you want to return to some sense of normalcy because that's it's just not a fact. It's just not a fact of life that that's possible. It sucks to hear, Mm -hmm. but it's just not safe.
1: I got to tell you, I've been wanting to return to normalcy ever since I was a child. And guess what? It doesn't always happen. So let's just accept it for right now. And hopefully things get better. I mean, that's the goal right now is probably going to be the biggest opportunity to see exactly how this is going to be, because places are starting open, starting to open back up. They're starting to um, really get people back together and we'll see what happens. We'll see if what we've been doing is good. If it hasn't been good, whatever, like, you know, then we try something different. But right now is is kind of the big test of what's going to happen. So,
0: yeah, this is the best plan we have right now to save people's lives. So I Suggests that we continue to follow it.
1: I wholeheartedly agree and uh, love you, Yankees. But man, stay safe, stay healthy, because the last thing I want is to never watch Yankees baseball again.
0: Absolutely. Okay, so let's change topics because we're going to get bogged down in this again. And that would be like three episodes in a row where we've done a totally serious podcast. And that's just not us.
1: No, we can't. That's not our
0: vibe. No, that's not our vibe. Uh, Instead, non sequitur, Jose Canseco wants to bare knuckle box Alex Rodriguez.
1: (laughs) Not only that, but also Carlos Correa wants to get in the UFC ring. Like, what is going on?
0: That is so dumb.
1: Oh, my God. Jose Canseco has such a problem with Alex Rodriguez. Ever since the whole J-Lo thing, basically once they got engaged, he was the one that came out and was like, oh, yeah, you were sleeping with my wife or something like that um these guys are just ridiculous it is funny it is good entertainment for right now but oh my god and seeing carlos correa like i think it's hilarious
0: yeah and i just jose canseco's twitter account is maybe my favorite thing like that's the best part of the entire app just watching him talking to the void. Like, he didn't tag Alex Rodriguez and say, hey, at A-Rod, I want to bare-knuckle box you. He just tweeted, hey, Alex, I want to bare-knuckle box you.
1: <laughs> so he doesn't know how to use Twitter, or he's trying to be super sly, but not sly enough. Where it Like, he's trying to be subtle. It is not working. We know exactly <laughs> who you're talking about. He is about. not
0: a subtle person. This is a person who sells tickets to go Bigfoot hunting with him. I... <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! Jose and Seiko is the last person on Earth I want to wander around the woods with, looking for Sasquatch.
1: That that would be a story, though. It would it's be a story.
0: Have you like heard I, about his new billion-dollar idea? No. He wants to start a company that controls your dreams.
1: What he's going to call it?
0: Dream Life. <laughs> it's just
1: why is he so innovative like why
0: Why? i don't know he's the most interesting man in the world bare knuckle boxing sasquatch hunts aliens he i mean he does it all
1: he really does and you know what he puts it all on twitter for us so god bless you that is wonderful
0: yes get some help but god bless you
1: (laughs) absolutely um yeah, no, and also I was uh, thinking a little bit. I'm not sure if I heard this somewhere or if I just this popped into my head, but like, Arod has been retired for what four years?
0: That sounds about right.
1: Okay, so I, yeah, I think he retired in 2016, which is so weird to think about because it oh, feels like
0: so long ago,
1: decades ago. Um, the MLB, if they do play this season, would have a universal DH.
0: Do you think an Arod makes a comeback? Shortened season, Universal DH.
1: Listen, he's I don't been... want
0: to play for anyone but the Yankees.
1: Well, I don't either, but he's been practicing, he's been, um, not only practicing but hosting like you know virtual clinics for players as well. He's obviously still very involved in the sport, he's a He's a character. Uh, I honestly, I could see him attempting to make a comeback. If Manny Ramirez is going to be making a comeback, even if it's in Japan or you know wherever it is, I don't know. I don't think we can count that out for Alex Rodriguez.
0: Yeah, I would not hate it at all if A Rod came back in a shortened season. He was like, I just want to get those last four home runs to get to seven hundred, and then he just hung him up again. I'd yeah. be fine. I'm fine with that. Great.
1: Yeah, as a universal DH especially. Like, he wouldn't even have to bother playing the field. Doesn't have to fight with Gio Urshela and Miguel and do hard to play third base. Doesn't have to... Well, he actually... He actually could play shortstop. Give Clay, Ritores, <laughs> give Clay a little more time to adjust. Interesting. See, now I'm thinking about it. The, the wheels are turning here. And if A-Rod does a comeback... I wouldn't be surprised if a multitude of other players are like, uh yeah, shortened season, sure. So why don't we just get a bunch of previously recently retired players, Mariana Rivera, like all these guys back together for like one just giant all-star season.
0: It would be magical. Absolutely magical.
1: That would be incredible. Ooh, I got that's an idea. That's an idea. I am Making a run for Jose Canseco's best ideas ever. I'm an innovator right here.
0: Oh boy. Do you want me to tweet at Jose Canseco and, uh, hey, you, you have some competition for best idea ever? It. Do you want a bare knuckle box, my friend Allison?
1: Have you seen me? Like, <laughs> <laughs>
0: no. <laughs> no, I, I think I'm good.
1: But that would be a very interesting concept, I believe. And it would be fun. Like, a mixture of all the, all the young guys and some of the previously retired guys. I would watch that. I would watch the hell out of that.
0: It would take so much pressure off all the hate the Yankees are going to get for winning the World Series in a shortened season. Right. It would just take so much pressure off. she would be like, yeah, but we did it with retired Alex Rodriguez and retired Mariano Rivera. Uh, yeah. Maybe Andy Pettit jumps in there.
1: Maybe Phil Hughes. <gasps> Phil maybe Hughes? Phil
0: Hughes. Well, Phil Hughes is only 33. I know he got an invite to Old Timers Day, but he could still hurl it.
1: So in a way, this is kind of like Old Timers Day, but not old, Old Timers Day. It's like young, Old Timers Day. Yeah, that's fair. Okay. okay, I think that's what it is. Hmm. This is an idea, and I really like it, and I think we should roll with it. So if anyone needs to talk about it, I'm not giving my phone number out like ESPN would do. but like, No, we would never do have... that. Yeah, if you have my phone number, you know. So just call me, ESPN. Just give me a call. ESPN, MLB, all you guys.
0: Notice to all guests: We will never give out your phone number on the air unless you ask us to. If that's something you want us to do, we'll do that for you.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, I have some. I have some other positive news too, which is great. Um, first of all, this week I want to talk more about Gary Sanchez and just what a great human being he is. Um, little boy got a um, a fat head of Gary Sanchez, who they described as his favorite baseball player ever and said now he wants new gear that has his number just like gary gary sanchez being the guy goes happy birthday you know gets on twitter wishes this freaking kid a happy birthday how awesome is that i just love him he is so good with the fans
0: i think we're just going to rename your your segment about players doing cute things just to the gary sanchez segment let's just talk about gary for a minute and how awesome he is
1: Oh yeah, I love Gary. I, he really is just, especially you know, with nothing going on, he's really been on Twitter and like retweeting and, um, really getting out there to his fans, which I think is really cool. Um, I love it. And then, oh, I missed this one. This was from a co- actually, like a month ago. So with all the the coloring in of the pictures and stuff like that, um. They basically someone posted a picture of their 12 year old daughter, Danny Joe from North Carolina um, with a picture. And it's so oh, my God, it's so cute. She also wrote his name, but like it's like that cute little kid way where you can't read what it says, but, you know, it says Gary Sanchez. So it says to Gary Sanchez, he responds and he goes. Oh, what did he say? He says, sorry, I hadn't seen this. Danny Joe, I love it. Sorry I took so long in saying hello. Take care of yourself and thanks for the support.
0: God, he's got to make sure he gets to everybody. Everybody needs a personalized Gary Sanchez message.
1: Wow. Wow. Take notes. Take notes, other people. If he's going to be making $1.64 million and you're going to be making well over $8 million in a shortened season, I think you should take the time to engage with your fans a little bit.
0: Totally fair. Also, just pay Gary Sanchez whatever he wants. He's totally worth it.
1: Pay the man. He's great with people.
0: <laughs> did you see uh, Trevor Bowers' tweet? I t- Trevor Bowers has been tweeting up a storm.
1: Um, was it the one? I don't remember if it was today.
0: The one about Scott Boris.
1: Yes, I did see that. Uh huh.
0: I mean, this is classic Scott Boris. I don't well, really yeah. know Scott Boris outside of his free agent negotiations, but anytime money's involved, I assume Scott Boris is going to be a part of the conversation.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely agree. And you know what? Trevor Bauer is going to Trevor Bauer and he's going to, he's going to talk through it. So, but yes, I, like we talked about before, gained a lot of respect for, um for Trevor Bauer, of course, but yeah, he's going to call out Scott Boris. At least someone's going to do it.
0: Yeah. I mean that's that's always been what baseball needed. They needed people with personalities, they needed people who are actually going to say things besides the Derek Jeter quotes. As mm-hmm. much as we love Derek Jeter, there is nothing interesting about the quote, Oh, you know, it was a good team, win today, we win as a team, we lose as a team, blah, 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 blah. Like right. great, that's great PR. No one's gonna get in trouble for saying that. Mm-hmm. But it's a lot more interesting when Trevor Bauer hops on Twitter and says, Yo, Scott Boris, stay out of my fucking negotiations.
1: Oh, Trevor, this is, this is so much fun. And, um, also in terms of the entertainment as well, uh, it's really nice to see John Boy and John Boy Media doing breakdowns of basically everything that happened in the past decade in baseball. Really funny, good stuff. All different teams, um, and moments that you just forgot about and you're like oh let me watch this again but didn't realize how hilarious it actually could have been if you really broke it down at the time
0: yeah like um, that bryce harper charging the mound video Where it's like that was yeah. really funny when it happened but until until that video came out i had completely forgotten about how he threw the helmet all the way up the first baseline instead of at the pitcher i was like i mean this guy's a professional athlete who's i mean he's an outfielder he's supposed to have arm accuracy and where is that helmet going
1: but the target was so close, that's why. The target was way yeah. too close. He's used to throwing it across the entire field, so i give him an excuse for that.
0: Of course, you just threw it like 45 degrees in the wrong direction.
1: Yeah, exactly. Well, he was hoping it would turn back, you know?
0: It was a good fight, though. That was, that was definitely one of MLB's best fights this decade.
1: Honestly, I think that was still around the time of uh, the Vine era, and I feel like that was the best vine like people would basically take that as he threw the helmet and then have like the helmet go through space and like <laughs> it's just so good so
0: good i would say if we have any younger listeners they are going to be so confused hearing the vine era Oh, goodness. like i remember the vine era really well that was <laughs> my go-to when i had to like study for finals or something i was yeah. like let me go watch like six hours of vines right now and now it's kids don't even know what vine is
1: it's actually super funny because i see on tiktok a lot of people are some of the sounds are old vines and these kids don't understand and i'm like you don't know the croissant vine like you know the kid that (laughs) yeah you want me to say what we say
0: yeah go for it go i could drop my croissant (laughs) (laughs) no it's just classic videos (laughs)
1: yeah exactly so good and a lot of people use the sounds and i'm like do you even know where this sound comes from i don't think you do
0: you have to respect the classics child
1: exactly the old just six seconds that's it you had six seconds to be hilarious i actually had a pretty good vine account too back in the day um i did is that surprising no
0: no not at all
1: not in the least um, I do have more, po- well, it's not positive news for some people, but it's hilarious news for us. So apparently a new Jersey brewery has a new beer called Trash Can Banger, and it looks like the, um, it looks like the, whatchamacallit, the vintage Astros jersey with, like, the stripes and stuff.
0: Yeah, I don't like that jersey, <laughs> but so, that's besides uh, the point.
1: That is a Jersey City-based brewery, Departed Souls, uh, debuted the debut introduced let's go with that because I can't say that (laughs) one tonight a beer called trash can banger so basically uh swinging uh at the Houston Astros and it's pretty funny so apparently it's a caught a buzz on social media different Yankees and Dodgers fans of course love it Astros fans clearly do not uh but I think it's a great idea it's a session IPA with a 5.4 percent alcohol content
0: Yeah, I would definitely buy that if I saw that at a bar. And also, like, all this Astros stuff happened only five months ago. It's just, (laughs) uh, we keep coming back to this. This has been, like, the longest five months of our entire lives. But, like, that is so far out of my mind. Like, I think of the Astros as, like, the steroid era guys. Like, when I think of Mark McGuire, I was like, yeah, like, he hit a lot, but he did steroids. And then I just stopped thinking about it. But with the Astros, it's like, yeah, like they cheated and then, you know, they won, but they probably shouldn't have. And then I stopped thinking about it because I feel like it was eight years ago.
1: It feels like the last five months has been an entire decade. Just no sports, tons of crappy stuff coming out and a lot of crappy stuff coming out. So, yeah, it feels like it's been a decade. This has been the longest year of my life. I can honestly say that.
0: Yeah, really terrible time to have a baseball podcast. So we might have to resort to talking about something like Danny Phantom for 10 minutes.
1: Listen, all aboard. Let's go. Um, But actually, I was reading this article through uh, uh, NJ.com. And the guy who uh, basically came up with this beer and stuff, he's not a Yankees fan, but he's a Marlins fan. And he wanted to name a beer Fire Sale IPA. But he said he didn't think it would sell because he didn't think people would get it. But I get it. You oh, I it?
0: definitely get that.
1: Yeah, and I did see a post on Twitter, um, that was basically about what the Ash, not the Astros, what the Marlins would look like now if they didn't just get rid of everyone. Like they'd have Christian Yelich, they'd have Justin Bohr, they'd have John uh, Carlos Stanton. Like incredible. Like all yeah, these the phones of that
0: team were incredible.
1: Right, exactly, and it's just amazing that they did nothing and then got rid of everyone. And now, I mean, depending on what happens this season, or you know, the Marlins could not exist anymore.
0: Maybe it's, I don't it's know. It's
1: possible. I mean, they're one of the teams that are in the um. They're one of the the least expensive teams. I guess if that makes any sense, but yeah. I know they're obviously been talking about trying to move teams up to, like, Montreal or, you know, wherever. And uh, it could be the Marlins. I don't know.
0: It's just crazy how they can't. Like, it would be so easy in a city like Miami to Mm -hmm. gather a baseball fan base.
1: Right. Exactly.
0: I mean, they just they can't put a good team on the field. Right.
1: Exactly. And when they had a good team. Or had good individual players, they just weren't a team. They just didn't play together, like they played oh. and they did pretty good things individually, but not as a team. So sucks us up, right?
0: Yeah, and I, they sold everyone so soon too. Like I was, that always confused me looking back. Where right? it's like, yeah, like you knew Christian Yelich was pretty good because he ended up playing for Team USA, right, in the um, in the World Baseball Classic. And I think that was seventeen. So I think he was still on the Marlins then. But yes. either way, like you had Stanton, you had Yelich, you had Marcelo Zuna, who was a good hitter in Miami. Everyone already knew that. Uh, like you had all these talented guys who were controllable for so many years. Uh, Stanton controllable for thirteen years, even though he was getting paid a lot,
1: mm-hmm. but like
0: couldn't do anything with it.
1: Right, exactly. Um, also, thinking of recently retired players to bring back, I guess maybe it's not quite as recently, Frank Thomas. Like, wouldn't you want to see Frank Thomas make a comeback?
0: That would actually be pretty interesting. He hit the ball so far.
1: I uh, know. You know what? Screw that. Let's just get all these quote-unquote universal DHs, do a home run derby for charity, just so we can watch them all again.
0: I can't believe people are still fighting the universal DH. I drafting. You ready? This is going to be super sad. On top of my aversion to Twitter fights, I got dragged into a Facebook fight the other day.
1: Oh.
0: Yeah, I know. I I didn't start it. Someone tagged me in it, and they said, "Look, these people don't want the universal DH. Show them they're wrong." And I was like, "All right, like I guess I have to now." But just you know,
1: cracking your fingers and like ah, stretch it out. Let me get on the keyboard.
0: Yeah, it's like I didn't think I was going to be fighting people on Facebook today, but you know. <laughs>
1: Oh, man. I Yeah, the Universal DH, it's going to happen one way or another. Like, I'm really sorry, National League. I just i don't want to see my pitchers hit. I don't.
0: I'm not sorry, National League. It's way overdue.
1: I come back to this
0: all the time. When baseball was invented, nobody... I mean, the KBO probably throws harder than they did in 1880. And I saw a guy in the KBO today throw a curveball at 58 miles per hour. Like... Wow. That is so slow.
1: It's pretty it's almost like an ephus.
0: Yeah, they actually did put up a graphic of him having thrown a curveball at forty nine miles per hour. And I don't even like, how does that even reach the plate? Like the trajectory right. that would have to take. How do you get it there?
1: Oh my gosh.
0: But either that's either way. That's, that's what tough. they were throwing. Yeah, that's what they were throwing like in the eighteen eighties. But this is two thousand and twenty. It's been a hundred and fifty years. Like, we have guys any asshole can roll out of the bullpen now and dot 100 on the black. Pitchers were not meant to hit in these conditions. They weren't. It is too difficult.
1: They are meant to get on the mound, throw 100, and sit and relax for a little while, and then get back out there and throw 100 again. For starters, you know, hopefully six innings for relievers, one inning, give it your all. Like that's yeah. what they're expected to do. You don't want to come up in the bottom of the ninth inning with nobody left on your bench and or even having someone come in to pinch hit. Like the pinch hit stats are terrible, especially at the end of the game because you're looking at some of the better pitchers in the sport, usually a closer if it's a close game, and the pinch hitting stats are not good either. So you don't want someone coming in, you know, completely not prepared to Face 102 miles an hour, and that would be both a pinch hitter and a pitcher.
0: You don't yeah, want but that. They'll, they'll always say, oh, like, but the, you have to keep the strategy in the game. But I don't get that because the quote unquote strategy of the game is to cover up for the fact that one ninth of your lineup is a black hole.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's just, yeah. if there's nobody on base, it's an automatic out. If there's somebody on base, you're giving them an out on a bunt. Like you right. have to do all jump through all of these hoops just to have somebody who can't hit in your batting order. Right. Like,
1: and I mean, the other part you think about too is mostly pitchers are batting ninth, they're batting last in the lineup. But that last position in the lineup, I mean, it's not supposed to be just a throwaway position. It's supposed to be someone to get on base for your leadoff guy to move them over or drive more runs in. Then again, your leadoff player is getting up. Um, if a pitcher is batting ninth, they're typically coming up with nobody on base and. You know, hey, whatever, but there might be one out, there might be two outs already, and then it's hard to get things started. So listen, if we want to support DJ LeMayhew, we need Brett Gardner at the bottom of the lineup, not Masahiro Tanaka.
0: Absolutely. And what about the eighth guy? Who would right? ever, Who would ever throw the eighth guy a pitch? And that guy needs a good pitch. Uh-huh. The eighth guy is bad enough at hitting. He's at the bottom of the lineup. If he well, was a good hitter, he'd be at the top of the lineup, but he's a bad enough hitter. And now you're just not even going to throw him anything. Cause you're like, I'd rather just put this guy on base and throw to the pitcher instead. It's just stupid.
1: Right. You're taking the bat right out of their hands too. Um, but Hey, there was that one year. Remember, I think was it even last year when Glaber Torres was batting eighth for a while?
0: Yeah, but that's the Yankees. There were the Yankees were so, stupid so good. and <laughs> so deep.
1: But yes, no, I, I definitely agree with what you're saying. But yes, the pitcher is typically going to bat ninth. That's just where you put them, because why? It's a throwaway position. You're putting them in ninth. So you're just like, eh, whatever. At least we have someone coming up afterwards who can hit.
0: Yeah, clear the way for the universal DH. Let's get Frank Thomas back in the game. Let's get A-Rod back in the game. Let's get Jose Jose just do this thing back. right.
1: Do it. Jose can Canseco, Jose let's Canseco
0: go. back. I think I think if MLB advertised an open tryout, I think Jose Canseco would sign up. I really think he would.
1: For sure. And then he'd tweet, hey, Alex, are you going to tryouts? But he wouldn't like tag him. He would just say, hey, Alex. And then everyone would be like, yes, we know exactly who you're talking about. But Arod does not scour the internet looking for Jose Canseco tweets. I don't think.
0: Do you think he sees them, though? Like, do you oh, think sure. enough people like tag him in it? Like, hey, at A-Rod next time. Like when you're going to talk about Alex Rodriguez, why don't you add him, you coward?
1: I mean, like he, I'm, he I'm
0: sure
1: they do. I'm sure they do. But, like, also, the other question is, like, do you think that Jose Canseco could um, give up his Bigfoot hunting to do this? I don't think so.
0: I don't know. I want to go Bigfoot hunting with Jose Canseco. I know I said I didn't want to earlier, but now I think it's, it would be a real-life experience to just wander around the woods with Jose Canseco looking for a fictional creature.
1: Oh, man, I just pulled up his tweets, and I'm, like, really interested. Oh, man. They're crazy.
0: He's Like, the government has... They're right next to being able to control your dreams. So, invest in this company now, I'm telling you.
1: He has also been tweeting about bare-knuckle fighting for the past three days.
0: Yeah, no, he really wants to bare-knuckle box Alex Rodriguez. Like, he really wants it. And I don't think it's going to go that well for him. Because A-Rod is, like... I mean, A-Rod is huge... But he's also nimble. Jose Canseco's not nimble. Oh, yeah. Like, Alex Rodriguez is going to be bobbing and weaving all the way. And Jose Canseco just stand there like a heavyweight and just be like, punch, punch, punch. Right, exactly.
1: Hmm. Why don't we get Jose Canseco to fight Carlos Correa? Kill two birds with one stone.
0: That's awesome. How did that even come up, that Carlos Correa wants to get knocked out? He didn't even say he wants to fight MMA. He said he wants to get knocked out. But like, did how, he say what that? Yeah, he's like, I, I think it'd be really cool to, like, get in an MMA fight and get knocked out. Like, what would that feel like? We're like, why? Uh, who asked you the question that led to this answer?
1: Oh, no. I was going to do a joke, but it would be against the Yankees. And I really don't want to say that right now. I was just going to say, if you want to really get knocked out, just be the Yankees. Like, they get knocked out of the playoffs every year.
0: Ooh.
1: But I know, I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. But like in all honesty, I don't understand where he came from. I just know that he posted something on Instagram, a video of him just like fighting in his driveway. Um and you yeah, know, he looks good, but like why?
0: I don't I don't know. He's already fragile enough. I feel like he's always hurt.
1: He is. He does get hurt quite uh quite frequently. And was he the one that told Cody Ballinger to shut his mouth?
0: Ooh, i don't know it might have been
1: i think it yeah it was him it was him because it wasn't bregman bregman was you know hiding from the media
0: yeah no or- that might have been correa that actually that reminded me of um when max muncie hit that home run off madison Bumgarner, and they got into a little tussle go
1: get it out of the ocean
0: yeah that is that was awesome that's like an all-time rivalry right there. I don't understand why Madison Bumgarner hates bat flips so much. Like, it's 2020 guy, get on board. But if you hit it into the water, you get to pimp that. I feel like that's reasonable.
1: So, apparently, Carlos Correa uh, was speaking on his podcast. He has a podcast now with Lance McCullers, which oh, two geez. of my least favorite people. But
0: I bet ours is better.
1: Yeah, so I guess he said, for sure, yes. Um, he had a recent Q&A uh, with someone from... MMA junkie I don't know what that is but basically um he was asked which MLB player would make the best UFC fighter and he said it would be me
0: oh get the fuck out of (laughs) here get the fuck out of here are you serious
1: he said that and I quote and he also said quote I grew up boxing and I loved it but I realized man in baseball you don't get hit as much until next year in boxing, I'm going to have to be constantly getting hit in the face, and stomach, and the ribs, and that hurts. I stuck to baseball; it worked out well, but I definitely would love to try. End quote.
0: I mean, I'm pretty mad at the audacity to say he'd be the best boxer in Major League Baseball. Uh, that's like
1: that's, that is that is Jose Canseco territory. Like he should be all over this. Like be like, are you kidding? You want to try that? Let's go.
0: Oh, I would pay so much money for a pay-per-view fight of Jose Canseco and Carlos Correa. I would pay anything. I would empty my bank account. I'd get eight credit cards and max every single one of them out. Like, I would give anything to watch that fight.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's very intriguing, but the audacity this man has. Like, I didn't like him in the beginning because he was very cocky, and now all of a sudden I just have this, like, even worse hatred right now because why would you say that like why wouldn't you you know be like oh well, probably cody bellinger you know throw him under the bus or something like that and just let him get knocked out but no apparently he wants to get knocked out i would love to know what that feels like in the octagon so he wants to get pummeled and blackout out and get ko'd in the octagon just because he wants to try it
0: I want to see if he'd be in the same weight class as Yasiel Puig.
1: Ooh, now you're talking. Oh man, yeah. So, um,
0: two twenty and two forty. I don't know if that's the same weight class, but if they ever stuff? got in a fight, Yasiel Puig would maybe actually murder him.
1: Oh, for sure. Just with the way he's built and the way he took on an entire what he took on the pirates was that. Yeah, he took on the entire pirates team, which still should be a framed picture in the baseball hall of fame like
0: that there's no way he definitely has a framed picture of that just because especially the colors the pirates were wearing their yellow jerseys that day and he was wearing the red jersey and just him against a sea of yellow you couldn't see another red jersey anywhere i was like that was that was my favorite storyline last year the pirates and the reds just like brawling all the time
1: like amir garrett
0: (laughs) Yeah, when Amir Garrett gets pulled out of the game and he was just like, yeah, like, can you just take this ball already? He gives the ball to the coach and then sprints to the dugout. And he was he didn't even know who he was going to go for. He was just I'm just going to pick he one like, person out. He points him out. Yeah, he's like points them out. You I'm coming for you and fucking <laughs> and whacks them
1: like, oh, wait, now you too, uh, mm, all of you. That was golden. And I looked. I just looked up um, Yasiel Puig Octagon because I'm interested in what people have said on Twitter. And four years ago, someone said, "Newsroom update: Who would win in the Octagon? Yasiel Puig, 245 pounds, or Madison Bumgarner, 235 pounds?"
0: Oh, that's not even a question. Madison right, Bumgarner eight. is not going to beat up Yasiel Puig. That's another great all-time rivalry. <laughs>
1: Um, so people were tweeting like Team Baumgartner, UFC and then someone this past year tweeted Yasiel Puig versus Miguel Sano in the Octagon who says no, not me, I would love that
0: that would be a hell of a fight also, do you re- this is totally random do you remember mm-hmm. when the world found out that Madison Baumgartner was a secret rodeo star
1: <laughs> yes I do, you were so intrigued by that, you were like are you kidding me, this is so cool
0: I mean, that's like the craziest thing in the world, like this major league pitcher. And in the small rodeo community, they're like, oh, yeah, like that guy with the obviously fake name. Yeah, that's Madison Bumgarner. He's here every weekend.
1: Right. Everyone just kind of like let it slide. And everyone in MLB is like, oh, my God. But no, it was just common news around the circuit. but No one really cared. So, and also, update on Yasiel Puig. This is a month ago. Apparently, he was very close to signing with the Giants. Did he ever sign with the Giants?
0: A month I ago? Think... I don't think so.
1: I don't think he did. Oh, man. I'm just watching Puig highlights. I really do like Puig. I think he, you know, obviously, he has some issues with his temper and all that. But he's he's pretty funny.
0: I'm not going to complain about it if it leads to all-time baseball brawls.
1: Right, Exactly exactly we need more of those i mean i'm tired of watching the ones from the 90s where you know people would just kind of like clear the benches just to stare at each other and like yeah you gonna go first and they're like no you go first i'm not gonna do that anymore i want real fights
0: yeah no okay. if you're gonna throw down go amir garrett and throw down
1: yeah Exactly. oh man that was good too once again against the pirates correct
0: yeah yeah and it, uh... It all circles back. It all started because of a bat flip. Yeah. Chris Archer took exception to Derek Dietrich hitting one into the river. Go get that out of the water. Again, it all circles back. Stop hitting the ball into the water. It will stop fighting.
1: This is too funny. I did I did pull up the picture of Puig. It is truly a piece of art. Absolutely. Truly one of the greatest pictures of all time. Oh, I love it.
0: Puig, he's, I feel I feel bad for Puig. He's the number one person. Like we mentioned last week with Emily that guys who are replaceable get replaced with mm-hmm. guys who make less money. And Puig is like that perfect example where he's clearly good enough to be a major league player, but there are guys who only cost 600000 who can give you the exact same production. So he's clearly good enough to be there, but is anyone actually going to pay him? No.
1: Right, right. Well, here's the other thing too is um, I'm seeing old videos of, of Puig, so he played on the the Indians as well, right, for half a season.
0: Yeah, he was in the Trevor Bauer trade.
1: Right. Okay. So three years ago, well, yeah, just about three years ago. Ky- uh, Kyle Ny at Kyle Nyy, um, who's with John Boy Media now. He posted a video um, a couple of a couple of weeks ago said nearly three years ago, Yasiel Puig took Trevor Bauer deep and flipped off Cleveland fans that were sitting next to the Dodgers dugout. And can you just imagine him doing that at Fenway park? Like that would be the funniest thing.
0: Oof, That would, you know, (laughs) that's just like that. Perfect. Puig is always that guy who's going to live and die by whatever team he's on. Like everyone in this locker room, like these are my guys. And no matter where he goes, like he goes to the Reds and he's like the first one into the brawl. He's with the Dodgers. He's the first one into the brawl. I bet if he ever got in a brawl with the Indians, he'd be the first one in there. But like oh, yeah. at some point, you're going to piss off all the fan bases and they're just going to hate you. And he'd be like, no, no, no. I remember in 2019 when you fought our entire team and you want us to sign you now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. Yasiel.
1: Yeah, he's. I feel like he's just loyal to wherever he is at the time. So he'll be like, "Hmm, yes, I'm. Uh, I'm in New York now. You know what? Fuck all you guys. Like that's just what he would do." And then the next year, was be the on Yankees. the Red Sox.
0: If he was with the Yankees, that would be the most physically intimidating team of all time. Like we already are the physically most intimidating team of all time. But if we added Yasiel Puig, like who would dare get in a brawl with us? Who would dare?
1: Right, exactly. There's absolutely no doubt in my mind. No one would even step foot. You got Aaron Judge. You've got Stanton. You've even (laughs) got Gary Sanchez. I mean, yeah, Brett Gardner, you know, he's got a temper. I know that.
0: But according to Aaron Boone, a lot stronger than he thought he was.
1: (laughs) Still think a get back coach is a really good idea because Aaron Boone almost lost to him a couple times last year.
0: Yeah, I mean Marcus Tims is huge. Why doesn't he just do it?
1: true. I don't know maybe he's not as fast. Brett Gardner is pretty speedy.
0: It's true he's quick. He's quick. He's gonna fight worry. all the umpires. nobody can stop him.
1: Exactly. but unless they're robot umps I mean could you really fight those?
0: Yeah who do you fight when who do you fight on a bad call when a robot makes it?
1: Yeah. yeah do you yell at the robots?
0: I don't know. I feel like you just can't. Yeah.
1: (laughs) What do you even do? That makes no sense.
0: like, that was low. Well, according to the robot, it wasn't. So what are you going (laughs) to (laughs) do?
1: Yeah. Not like, because then you'd look a little crazy.
0: And you probably go back to the dugout and find out it was a strike anyway. But all right. So there's going to be no more yelling at umpires. I'm sure they'll love that. You remember that season that they all wore black bands on their arms? because mm-hmm. the players were quote unquote abusing them like yeah. call better games and we won't yell at you like this isn't some stand that you have to take i don't i don't think the fans are going to be on your side with this one
1: right, right exactly hmm interesting i just saw on twitter and it really piqued my uh, attention someone said that there was i they just made it up okay this is not real but okay. they said that there's going to be a yasiel Puig 30 for 30 and i'm like yes Let's go. I would sign love sign me up that.
0: for that. Sign me that up would, for that.
1: That would be so good. <laughs> so good. Yeah, I'm I'm really getting into these documentary type stuff, um especially for sports. It really just kind of brings a new perspective to everything and instead of just sitting here watching games, I'm learning. I'm learning things.
0: That's true. I'm learning a lot about the KBO. I have I've picked my KBO team. It's the NC Dinos. They're the best team in the league. Um are they but the ones I have
1: Swole Daddy as their mascot?
0: Yep. And that played a huge role in my decision, that their mascot was a gigantic dinosaur named Swole Daddy. That played <laughs> a huge role.
1: <laughs> I honestly... Isn't that what people consider to be the uh, Yankees of the KBO?
0: I honestly... I don't know that much. <laughs> okay. but I
1: think that's what people have been saying because they've tried to kind of align them with teams in... Um, in america so that fans could kind of look over and be like oh this could be a good team to follow imagine being an orioles fan and be like yeah here's the worst
0: team in the league so you should probably the wyverns them. the sk wyverns terrible hey. name really hey. terrible
1: yeah no i uh i still haven't been following but i still wake up every morning at like five o'clock and i think it's just my body telling me hey uh you
0: should watch it there's baseball on you gotta watch the replays on espn that's what oh. i do I never watch them live because I'm an adult. I have to be up at nine o'clock for work.
1: Ooh, yeah. No, I got to be up at eight for that. So, But it's kind of nice because I can just kind of roll out of bed to my desk or roll out of bed to the other side of my bed
0: and work. (laughs) That's what I do. I perch my laptop very precariously on the chair that's next to my bed. And then at 8.59, I have an alarm that goes off. I just roll over, pick up my laptop, clock in and start working.
1: Okay, so Friday is when the Roy Halliday documentary comes out. And I'm sure that we'll be able to watch it and maybe give like a a little review or, you know, something next week too. But yeah, it's uh Ooh. I need I need this stuff. I need it now.
0: Yeah, this this is gonna be a perfect one. Because Roy Halliday is one of those guys who's like he's like Derek Jeter esque Mm -hmm. that you obviously by the name of the documentary you just assumed this guy was perfect he came out and he threw his games and he never really like got in trouble with the media or anything and then you look behind the scenes and you realize there was a lot more going on which is what major league baseball has been like that for the entirety of the sport but it's only just in the last five years or so that the league has been like hey you guys are you know kind of interesting why don't you show that
1: Right, exactly. And you know what? I'm, I'm surprised they didn't do something on like, well, you remember Corey Lytle, right? I do. Yeah. That was, that was another plain tragedy. And obviously Thurman Munson, you know, you've got all these, not all of them, but there, there's been three at least for, yeah, I mean, MLS.
0: you can name three off the top of your head. There has to be more
1: there's definitely have to has to be more. So, and I don't remember what the circumstances were surrounding him um either, but yeah, it's just very very interesting. So, I'm really excited. I watched the trailer, I cried. Um it was incredible. Excited for this.
0: Oh boy. I think I'm out of topics. You got anything else? Um my big topic no. was Jose Canseco this week.
1: That's a really good one. My topic was the uh, the beer. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's another good one. Oh,
1: and also I missed saying this earlier, but um, Rivercrest NYC. I know our our little sponsor. Woo! Um, I've been following their Instagram posts. Their stuff looks really good.
0: It is. It really? is fantastic. They're doing uh, they're doing frozen watermelon drinks. I believe there is alcohol in them. I don't yeah. know because I have not been there to try it. But watermelon
1: rosé. Yep, that's what I, I saw it on Instagram, and I was like, "Oh my god, should I make a trip down to Astoria? Like, I'm not even sure." Oh man, yeah, it'll be a good. hell of a right. trip
0: for a watermelon rosé, but honestly, probably worth it.
1: I mean, I was going to make a trip down to Krispy Kreme at uh, Clark Summit because that's the closest one. Totally like a fair. Drive. Totally fair. Yeah. That uh that might be worth it. So maybe we'll try it. We'll see. I'll let you know if I do.
0: Absolutely. Okay. I think that taps us out of all the topics here, right?
1: We are topiced out. Um and we didn't spend the majority of the time talking about very sad things. We talked about funny things and positive things. We are working on it.
0: Yes, we've made our feelings about the labor discussions very clear. So we are just going to stop talking about that so much and go back to what we really thrive on. Jose Canseco and Alex Rodriguez bare knuckle boxing. And Gary
1: Sanchez just being a wonderful human being.
0: Absolutely. That's our bread and butter. That's where we live.
1: Exactly. Well, good. Yep, I'm out.
0: Absolutely. Okay, I'm going to try something new to end the show today. What? I'm going to ask everybody to give us five stars. I know it's you're like, out there so give us five stars because it would be very nice.
1: That's new, huh?
0: Yeah. And listen to all of our podcasts.
1: Oh, um and I do have to say too if you're <laughs> I'm I might be appealing to a small portion of the audience. If you're a fan of the movie Set It Up on Netflix, have you ever seen that movie?
0: I have. Very classic rom-com.
1: I love it. Watched it last night. Um that girl is me. And if you like that movie and you like that character, then you have to give us five stars because that's me.
0: There it is. Five stars. Everybody likes Zoe Dutch.
1: I know. What what sports moments make you cry? <laughs> Definitely asked that question before.
0: For for you, it's all of them.
1: <laughs> yes, yes indeed. <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right, five stars. See you next week.
1: All right, sounds good. Bye-bye.